Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. We had an unbelievable reaction to our Liam Brady interview on the World Service this week. Chippy being very chipper, as Carl O'Byrne puts it. Hey Murph. Mm. Hey Owen, how's it going? Liam Brady, of course, a notoriously easy man to interview. Liam, time running out and Alan Harding bore down into the penalty area. I don't really want to talk about it. Nicky Rust has paid to to make saves like that. If it had gone in, you'd have probably gone out. If my granny had balls, she'd be my granddad. Tough game, though, all round. <laughs> Tough game, though. You've got to continue the interview. I got it. Sometimes you, that is genuinely a mic drop moment, if, if you ask me. Who were Brighton playing that day, Murph? Uh, Canvey Island. Canvey Island is correct in an FA I've read the book. I've ago. read the book on. I believe they might have drawn that match. I don't know if it was even a defeat. It certainly yeah. sounds like it was. Maybe they didn't fancy another a, a replay yeah. back at whatever Brighton Stadium was back then. But anyway, that was an extreme example of Brady taking no shit from anyone. But his long career gracing our screens as a TV pundit did not throw up too many laugh out loud moments let's be honest there's a line in the book even now when some Arsenal this is a new book that he has out this year even now when some Arsenal supporters address me as chippy I tell them only teammates can call me that so it was a pleasure when he rocked up to Liberty Hall ready to entertain got a call one night and probably be out the second year at Juventus so I can speak Italian so the president's secretary rings me up uh, Signora Zaglio was her name and she said oh buonasera Brady good evening Brady uh, we have a reception tomorrow night for um, Pavarotti. And I said, who? <laughs> uh, she said, uh, Luciano Pavarotti is coming in. The president is hosting him. He's a big Juventus supporter. We're inviting the players and the directors to come and have a drinks reception. And I said, uh, who is he? And she said, Brady, he's the greatest singer in the world. And I said, what does he sing? <laughs> and she said, opera. And I said, no, no fucking thanks. No. <laughs> so I put the phone down. And Sarah, my wife, said, what was all that about? I said, some fucking opera singer said that. <laughs> What a, what a 
open goal. Oh, opportunity there. missed there. Didn't miss too many of them, Liam. You came back from Italy in 1987. You signed for West Ham. Scored your first goal for them. Irons, indeed. Uh, this came against your old club, Arsenal, of all teams, and it was a bit of a worldie. We love this one. Let's have a look. Liam Brady gets the rebound. Brady breaking forward. O'Leary in front of him. Viv Anderson. That's a great shot. Now, goal. he's not going to celebrate against his old team, is he? That is how you do it. No fear of holding back there in the celebrations? Well, you see, Dave O'Leary backed off too far, didn't he? You know, he backed off too far and gave me a squint at the goal. And if I had a squint, I could, I could turn it round him. And then did you see his reaction? Can you show it again? Uh, we, can, we can wind it back up here just for a second. Here we go, yeah, we can have a look. Uh, he blamed everybody fucking else, look. Yeah. He is backing off, yeah. Look. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I said it was your fault. <laughs> but you, you got booked for over-celebrating a goal against Arsenal. Yeah, the, no, yeah, the ring. <laughs> That's well, amazing. You know, some, some, sometimes now, if you score a goal against your... But I wanted to come back to Arsenal, yeah. and George Graham wouldn't take me back. Look, look yeah. come here. Look. Penn is... Pen in his sock, notebook in his, in his back pocket. He said, you fucking did this. I said, do a fuck off. I said, fuck off. I said, you wouldn't see a better goal than that. And he said, no, I'm not booking you better. Fuck off, he said. <laughs> uh, even, the, even the coppers were applauding, weren't they? <laughs> I mean, it looks like you're playing some pretty good stuff at that stage, Liam, in the, where were we, 87 there. Jack yeah, Trapp was taking over. I, the... No, I was, I, was, I was good. I came back from Ascoli. Uh, I was fit. Yeah, I was good. Yeah. Did Jack Charlton think so? Did you have, was there a bit yeah, of a winning yeah, yeah, for the first yeah. couple of years? I was, I was playing for Jack then. Yeah, I was playing for Jack. I think my first game for uh, Jack was against Wales. We lost 1-0, and I thought, oh, probably that's the end of me, you know, because he was laying out the law, we're going to go from back to front, we're not going to go through midfield. We played Wales March time in Lansdowne Road and all the rugby lads had been on the pitch before. It was like fucking bog, you know, it was terrible. They're worse than the GAA lads, Liam. What? They're even worse than the GAA lads, the, the rugby team. Well, you know, I don't know. I never followed the GAA player on the pitch. <laughs> But uh, Lansdowne, March, April time was, was the worst you could play there. So we got beat 1-0, and then come September time, we're opening up our campaign against uh, Belgium, who had just finished third, I think, in the World Cup. And uh, I didn't expect to play, but Jack, Jack picked the team. He said, okay, now, Packy, you're number one. Houston, number two. Beglin, number three. McCarthy, number four. Moran, number five. Ian, he pointed at me. Ian, you're number six. <laughs> Houghton, number seven. And, we all and before he got to number nine, I, I put my hand up. And I said, Jack. And he said, yeah. Like, I, I was interrupting him. He didn't like that. Right. I said, Ian Brady was the Moore's fucking murderer. <laughs> and of course... Of course, all the lads went, oh, for fuck's sake. They all went, oh. And he, 
he looked at me and he went, you know what I fucking mean. <laughs> and I played that night and we beat, uh, we didn't beat them, we drew 2-2, it was a great result. And I scored a goal in the, in the, in the last couple of minutes from a penalty kick. We qualified for, for Germany on the back of that campaign. So I got on all right with Jack. I had to adapt my game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things did turn, though, right? Like the famous match was the one against West Germany in 1989 where he started you, he took you off. He had that unbelievable quote. I think it was in the book with Paul Rowan. This quote came out of, he says, with Ireland, they don't give up on their fucking heroes easily. You've really got to show them. Um, did you understand that that's what he was doing through putting you on and taking you off early in that game? At the time, I mean. Uh, look, you know, when you're a manager, you've got to make the calls. It's not easy being a manager. You know, I, I tried it. I didn't succeed. You know, you, you, you've got to make the calls. We, we beat Bulgaria at home in the last match of the qualifying games. We beat them 2-0. We were magnificent. But we don't think we can qualify because Scotland have to go to Sofia a few weeks later. And, you know, Scotland weren't very good at that time. And we expect, well, Bulgaria are going to qualify. I got sent off in the last minute against Bulgaria. I elbowed a guy in the face who'd been kicking me all the match. And I just elbowed him in the face in front of the referee. And that, that was the end. I thought, as I got sent off, Jack put his arm around me. We, we beat them 2-0. We'd finished a good second. We thought we'd finished a good second. And, you know, lo and behold... Scotland go and beat Bulgaria. Yep. And, uh, wow, I've qualified. I've been waiting 14 years for this to happen. I qualified. And I said, what the fuck am I going to do now? I've got a four-match ban. So I start ringing people around. I start ringing Ken Fryer, who was the chief executive of Arsenal. I rang the president of Juventus. And I said, can you speak to UEFA and say can they reduce the ban? Nobody from the FAI was doing it. So I rang the FAI and said, you know, we've got to appeal. And they said, well, you, you won't get anywhere, Liam. I said, well, we've got to look on the leniency, go for leniency, you know. I've played 14 years, 15 years for Ireland, never been sent off, hardly ever been booked. You know, have a look at it. So anyway, we end up going to Zurich and we end up in a hotel, big room, and there's eight UEFA executives, disciplinary committee, sitting around, okay? And outside of them, there was interpreters, because they were all from different countries. So if I was, well, I wasn't speaking, but people, the referee was gonna speak, and, and my representatives from the FAI were going to speak. So they needed interpreters, so uh, I'm sat, with Pat O'Brien, who was from Cork. Uh, he's the president of the FAI. And Des Casey from Dundalk, who's trade unionist, you know, he's, he's well used to meetings and things like that. So the referee speaks and he said, well, you know, he hit him with, uh, in my eyes, it was violent conduct. Maybe he, maybe he might have been provoked a bit too much. So I thought there might be a little bit there, you know, there might be a, a little bit of leniency there. And then Pat O'Brien stood up, he was gonna represent me, and Pat's from Cork. And I find Cork people speak very quick. Don't they? 
and he was nervous as fuck as well. <laughs> so he started speaking, and the only thing I understood was Liam Brady. <laughs> he said, Liam Brady, blah, da, 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 and I looked around the room, and all the interpreters were gone. <laughs> Nobody understood. The f I couldn't even fucking understand what he was saying. So I grabbed a hold of Des Casey, who's going to speak again. I said, Des, what the f He said, relax, relax. He said, I've got it under control. <laughs> he stands up, and he says, gentlemen, gentlemen of UEFA, Liam Brady is to Irish football what Michel Platini is to French football. And what Diego Maradona is to Brazilian football. <laughs> that extra laugh Brady gets at the end is a reaction to him. Slump, do you remember this? He, yeah, just, he, he tells the story. Off the couch, basically. Yeah, he gives a line and he slumps back onto the couch and nearly slips right down <laughs> off and onto the ground in horror at what the FAI blazer had said. So physical humour, Murph, another one of Brady's oh, many whole, comic gifts. He ran the whole gamut, you he know. He really did. He's not yeah. just up there, you know, behind sort of an exposed uh, <laughs> brick wall with a microphone. He, he incorporates just... Every, all the meats of the comedy stew, you know, that's what Liam Brady has in his locker. Sign up to the World Service now on secondcaptains.com. I don't know why you did it in that accent. I don't know. To hear that chat in full, we've got some more great stuff from our live shows coming over Christmas as well. Only five euro a month plus VAT. If you that's a great deal, really, is a good deal. deal. Speaking of entertainment value. Manchester United should win an Emmy for their Champions League campaign. <laughs> <laughs> this is... It beats the, beats the living shit out of Welcome to Wrexham. And I'm a Welcome to Wrexham fan, as this, we know. This has been appointment television all, all throughout the autumn, right? A six-part yeah. series of yeah. just utter... I would boosted say, the autumn schedule something unbelievable. Dramatic perfection, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know if it, if it would be in a reality TV category, but it should be in like the highest level, the most prestige drama mm. category. Because what they've done, I've never seen the like of it <laughs> in the Champions League rib stage, you know? And, you know, I, I, appointment TV, I was watching it last night, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't, you know, miss the first couple of minutes, because even just the first 20 seconds was amazing. Byron <laughs> slides through them. <laughs> I was like, this is, oh my God, what's going to happen happening. It's happening. What's going to happen? And, and, the, and of course, we were all, we were kind of uh, expecting trills and spills and, and whatnot. But, you know, they, they went a different direction. Mm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't cheap. It, it wasn't like, oh, here's, you know, they, here's what they loved in the previous couple of rounds. Let's give them more of that. Yeah. There, was a, there was a darker, there was a bleak. I actually they didn't it was a very mature performance yeah. by Manchester United last night in a lot of ways. The you characters, know? you know, Ma yeah. Rashford, Marshall, Ill, you know, obviously they, they, you know, Maguire gingerly feeling at his genital area. Mm. Um, Luke Shaw having to go off at half time. Um, you know, Harry Kane, of course, the player they didn't sign, turning up with the scalpel. Onana. You know, again, uh, he, he he did. There, there was a bit of fan service there with Onana on the goal. <laughs> Give us an Onana moment, come on! Even if it's even if the goal isn't his fault and it's basically unsavable, 
we still want to just see a little bit of Onana. We say unsavable. It's unsavable if you do that. Yeah, <laughs> if you do certainly that. when you see a, a goalkeeper diving full length for a shot from eight yards out and like still being a full yard and a half away from it because he's literally stayed on his line. So from the moment that Harry Kane is being passed the ball on the edge of the area, Onana surely has to say, right, well, Kane is facing the opposite goal. The thing I need to be aware of is that he might try and slip a pass in. So maybe I'll just take, see this line here that I'm stapled to? Yeah. If I could just undo the latches, like uh, uh, chaining me to the uh, uh, to my own goal line. If I could just undo those uh, locks and maybe even take one step. Ooh, that feels good. Mm. Maybe I'll take a second step. Well, he did take a, sudden, a step, to be fair. But I'm he, in but, the game. But it was in the wrong direction. Mm. Like He took a step to his left and uh, you know he needed to, to obviously just you just try and smother the ball. That's all. You, that's literally the only thing just you can do as a goalkeeper. Run out like a lunatic and put your head or your feet somewhere in the direction of the ball. It's this o- is the part thing of you the job. Do. It's. I mean, as Alan Brogan had had like. A, Yes, uh, the Dublin I, footballer. I coached my eight-year-old last weekend to come off his line and try narrow angles last week ahead of his soccer match on Sunday. I think I should have the same chat with Onana. <laughs> that's Alan Brogan. Yeah, the noted trash talker. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, get, him, get him talking about home games in Crow Park, Ken. To be fair, he's, he's not shy of a word in that salty. particular topic. But, like, but, I, but I, I couldn't... I, and it's, I've never seen such a, a contradiction in a player. Like, on, this is a guy, Onana, who wants to play half the game in midfield. You know, he I mean, he actually played United's best pass of the game for which uh, player was it he put through? He, he played an amazing... Was Dallow. it Dallow? Yeah, it was yeah. Dallow. I mean, how, how that happened, it's, it's hard to say, but it was a great pass. And yet, whenever there's anyone actually advancing on his goal, he just retreats. It's it's just weird. Yeah. Like, it's honestly... I, I, I can't understand it. But, you know, it's over. Like, they, 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 they decided to bring it to an end. It was like, we've done six episodes. We can't improve on this. Mm. It's, I mean, it's so rare these days in in TV to, you know, once you hit upon a a successful uh, formula like this, to say, no, this is as far as it goes. Because all the money is in the second season. Yeah, you usually find a way to keep it going. There's some bullshit like, you know, there's, oh, there's been a late equaliser in Copenhagen. Oh, my God. You know, No, well, financial irregularities in Copenhagen and Galatasaray (laughs) mean that United have, uh, for some reason, United are back for, you know, the spring schedule. Or even a Europa League spot. Yeah, but, but yeah, like when Parkinson would move from the BBC to ITV for a couple of years, <laughs> you can still you know, see him if you want. Like you are is fine, but I mean, you know, it but would be something at least. Th- this is not one of those nonsense, you know, universes in which the characters magically come back to life, or you know, there's just the Deus Ex Machina that comes in and saves yeah. everything. This is there are real consequences here. There are real consequences, and there was just this this sad, dark abrupt ending to the whole thing as all the characters were finished and the whole story was was finished and they didn't they didn't shy away from that bleakness mm. you know which I really respect because a lot of the time it's like oh the audiences they, they you know they want United to, to score and come back you know do they though did they even want that it doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't like, make sense for the character. It, n- none of it would make sense for the characters. For, for these characters to have, to, yeah. you know, it just w- it, w- it would have. It wouldn't ring true. It would have been like, oh, yeah. great, we're going to get more of this in the spring, but at the same time, you kind of yeah. know that it's bullshit. The suspension of disbelief yeah. required for Man United to qualify from their Champions League group is too great, even for Hollywood. Yeah. So, th- so they, so they said, okay, that's it. You know, one and done. 
Manchester United 23-24. And I, I say submit that because there's nothing, nothing, I haven't seen anything else on television this year or probably since the pandemic at least that comes close to this. Send Harry Maguire up to pick, the, pick up the award. He'll just start apologising and then realise, oh no, wait, actually, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> Instead of, yeah, yet again, not good enough from us. Uh, oh, actually, wait, no, we've won. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just incredible. Like the team they had out last night was so terrible. Yeah, you were looking at the teams before, and you're like, "This is." I, I was expecting it to be a, wor- a worse defeat than it was. Well, can know? I steal a device from Gary Neville's podcast? Kim, mm-hmm. list out all the players and ask you to whether you would keep them, ditch them, or would it be the last straw for them. <laughs> keep Eric Ten Hag. Ditch. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Nana. It's gonna be. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, oh, Nana got last straws from all of Neville, Carragher, Keane, and Ian Wright. I, I don't know. He I'm, has been at the I'm club unsure for about like eight weeks or whatever. I'm unsure about. <laughs> I'm unsure about whether we should we should uh, completely steal the idea. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It but, is their idea. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, Ian, Ian Wright. I noticed. Lindelof. <laughs> he was the only one. He was the only one who said to ditch uh, Eric Ten Hag. In all the other cases, when he said to ditch someone, everyone else agreed. But. No, Roy Keane ditched Eric Ten Hag as well. Oh, did he? According to the, no. this graphic. No, you're reading Oh, it sorry, wrong. keep. Yeah, sorry. Roy Keane, keep. Yeah, yeah. My apologies. Roy Keane, Gary Neville, keep. Green is good. Yeah. Red is yeah, bad. Yeah, right said bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like... So who are they all keeping? They're all keeping Mar- Lissandro Martinez. Mason Mount. <laughs> Mason, Mason Mount. That was a weird one. Kobe Mainu. Why is everyone so convinced by Mason Mount? Well, because he's injured. He hasn't had a chance to Kobe Mainu. Bruno Fernandez. Interestingly, because Keane often has a goal Fernandez in terms of his captaincy and stuff, but he's still... Bruno Fernandez is, is obviously the best player in the team. Garnacho is on Roy Keane, is on his last straw for Roy Keane. Yep. Uh, so is Rasmus Hoyland. <laughs> oh, lads, you got to be keeping But like Hoyland and Garnacho, there was moments in the first half when... Both of them were just dominated by oh, their, their teenager-ishness. Yeah, yeah. Became it, incru- like so really, obvious. really clear for the first time, I think. Yeah, uh, Kim, Kim Min Jae on, on Hoyland. That was a real like, oh God, he's just... Pamecano as well, just like pushed him out of the way multiple times. Yeah, it's a, it, you know, so I felt like I don't even really blame them for that. It's just like they can't, they're not up to this. You know, like the, the, this guy, Kim, is at a level above what Hoyland can do right now. You know, maybe he could maybe get a he could maybe luckily get away from him at some point, but he just got squashed by him. Mm. You know, and that's I can't really blame Hoyland for that. Mm. Like it's just it's just he's he's too young at this point. He's he's not strong enough. Um, Jesus, to live should with. be. Yeah, yeah, but to, unit. but like you know, it was just like here's a here's an experienced player at the sort of peak of his career. I don't know, Jude Bellingham. Dealing Jude Bellingham's not that not, like you know what I mean. Players, Jude, yeah, but Jude Bellingham is like the, the best, best player, player in the world. But just because you're young doesn't mean you can't actually light it up and and compete at this level. I know. Well, in French, Gar- like Garnacho has given everyone a free things. pass because they're young. Hoyland scored five goals. I mean, he's is he still the top scorer in the in the Champions League? So he has played well. But like this was League, yeah. this was kind of not really a, an mm. even contest, is what I'm saying. I, I mean, it was an even contest. It's two teams, but one of them is just clearly better than the other. Like, it was the case throughout. But, like, Hoyland is there because, you know, but, like, Dallow is there. You're kind of like, how, how has this guy managed to be there for so long? Why do United have this cradle-to-grave policy for so many of these players? Mm. Like, they're the only... Because, uh, I, it's I'll another way that I have to commend them as well. Yeah. Because a lot, we've seen this type of welfare system dismantled across a lot of the world. You know, and it's, it's it's the tides of history so have been sweeping this stuff away. And uh, but United are just this holdout. 
They're like, no, Anthony Marshall, we have a duty of care to you. You know, <laughs> we have a duty of care. And, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, that you haven't basically played well for us in five years. Mm. We're going to look after you, son, because you're one of ours. You know, and it's, it seems to be the same with Dallo. And it's, and it's on one level, it's really nice. But on the other level, what are they doing? <laughs> Why are they doing this? This is not normal for a, for a competitive sports institution. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. There's been a lot of this on the World Service this week. Excuse me for interrupting you, John. I hate to do this. He didn't turn up for the first match. Hang on, hang on a minute. Did he get to the Euros? Did he get to the Euros, Ken? Because he was doing a gig for the BBC's holiday programme. It's the best thing in the world for you because it's full of protein. I looks around. There's Jerry Duff. Why are we giving them the job then? Wait, hang on, sorry. Okay. Sorry, John. Go yes, on. He got to the Euros. Do you uh, think you're going to get to the Euros? The Stephen Kenny, Ken. We talk about Anthony Barry's candidacy today. Liam Brady was the one who threw Brian Kerr back into the mix. That got Ken into a deep dive on Brian Kerr's stint in charge of the team at 2006 World Cup qualifying hopes. And it was deep, but... It was deep, yeah. No, I, it was one of those ones I threw at Ken saying just one of our World Service members said, can you explain why Kerr lost his job if he only lost mm. four games? And I... I said, Ken, do you have any info? Like, do, can you yeah. remember like those? And Ken's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, know, you never know, Ken. Is he just going to be a short or is it going to be a 20-minute deep dive? And this was a... We're as much in the one. dark as the listener is. So they should, Oftentimes, You should true. know this. Yeah. Yeah. Our 2006 <laughs> World Cup qualifying hopes were dashed by Switzerland, who ended up getting to the last 16, where they were knocked out on penalties by Ukraine, a match attended by Ken, who was in beside a Swiss border uh, with a very frank view on how things had gone. It was the worst penalty shooting I ever saw. <laughs> Switzerland could not score any of their penalties. Did they miss a penalty in the game as well? How did you get a seat beside Arsene Wenger? The worst penalty shooting I ever saw. Look, he was not... So I didn't so much think that that sounded like Arsene Wenger himself. I thought it sounded very similar to Ken's Wenger impression. Mm. Will we have a listen? As well, overall, a uh, little bit, but of course... I mean, it's the same voice. Give us the first one again. It was the worst penalty shooting I ever saw. Very similar. Very similar. It's true. But 
But I mean, it's a, it's a good voice. That's you know, true. I'd be rolling it out more often than Ken does. Become a member. That, had, if I had that in the locker. Oh, no, true. Become a member. That's one thing that Liam Brady... Actually, Liam Brady did do a few impressions then, I think, about yeah. it. The Cork accent you heard there. Uh, he, he's got that nailed. A lot of, lot of men, a lot of lockers. Oh. Yeah, become that's a member. That's now. what we're talking about here. All episodes ad-free and you'll be supporting independent journalism. Second Captain's Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for listening. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 